You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. And so St. John Paul II firmly believed that the Blessed Mother saved him. The Blessed Mother guided that bullet that was meant to kill him. Hello and welcome. My name is Michael Lichens. I'm your faithful editor and host of CatholicExchange.com. It's great to have you here. Who you were just listening to was Miss Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, and she was talking about John Paul II and how he was saved by Our Lady of Fatima. It's a phenomenal story, so sit in, listen. If you like the podcast, give us a like, give us a share, rate us on iTunes. That would all be very, very helpful. It's always great to get the word out. And then you can also email me, editorcatholicexchange.com, if you have any questions. Or, more importantly, I really want to hear about your Fatima experiences. Is there a devotion you have, and how do you show that devotion? Email me, editorcatholicexchange.com. Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, she's a wife, a mother, grandmother, a really phenomenal person. She has a lot of stories to tell and delights in telling them. If you go to catholicexchange.com, you'll learn more about her, find her Facebook, her website, as well as her book. Today we're talking about Our Lady of Fatima, 100 Years of Stories, Prayers, and Devotions. I'm also going to be showing you all a preview, thanks to Sophie Institute Press, of her previous book, Our Lady's Message to Three Shepherd Children in the World. It's delightful. It's a great read. The illustrations are fantastic. I recommend every parent have this. By all means, it's a great book to have. And if you like what you hear, like I said, give us a rating. But podcasts are going to grow 60%, and I want Catholic Exchange to be out there offering a message of hope and the love of Christ to all the world. We need to bring healing to this hurting world, and that's what I plan to do through our little humble medium of podcasting. So if you have $5 a month you can spare, that's awesome. You can do that at CatholicExchange.com, and that will help us out so much. But this is free to everyone. We want to make this free. We'll never put anything behind a paywall. So enjoy, and without further ado, here's Donna Marie and I talking about Our Lady of Fatima. Hi, Donna. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Catholic Exchange Podcast. To start us out a little bit, tell us about your book. What inspired you to want to write about Our Lady of Fatima and all the good works that Mary has been doing in the world for the last hundred years? Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, well, I, I'm just very inspired because, first of all, I love the Blessed Mother, and I feel she's really been taking care of me my whole life. And um, no doubt the 100th anniversary of the apparitions um, has a part of my wanting to get the story out there and my desire to help others to learn the message of Fatima. And as well, Servant Books asked me to write this book. And I think because my other Marian book with them, The Miraculous Medal, Stories, Prayers, and Devotions, is a popular book, and they felt it was a good fit for me to write about Fatima. So, um, you know, I deeply desire to help spread the message of Our Lady of Fatima. And, and you know, as Pope Benedict had said, to, we should learn the message of Fatima, live the message of Fatima, and spread the message of Fatima. So I'm trying to do my part in doing that. Yes, that's awesome. Living, breathing, teaching, just doing everything we can with Our Lady of Fatima at the back of our mind. Now, this might seem like an obvious question, but why does Our Lady of Fatima still have so much relevance for us? Why do we still look to her a hundred years later? Well, because the Blessed Mother, you know, is involved, so it should have the staying power. You know, she's so powerful, and she, she's our mother, and the message of Fatima, you know, being prayer, penance, and conversion of heart is very, very important. Now, 
you know, if we just look at the world and we turn on the news or maybe you don't want to turn the news on because it's, you know, sometimes can be um, disconcerting. But if there ever was a time, it's now. You know, Our Lady of Fatima told three young shepherds, Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, that the daily rosary could even stop a war and prevent another. So, uh, you know, she told them the power in praying the daily rosary, and she she asked for the five for Saturday devotion, which is our part, you know, to... Uh, it, it's We need to step up to the plate to do our part because a lot of people are more concerned, and Father Andrew Apostoli, a Fatima expert, has said this as well, that a lot of people are more concerned about how the consecration to Russia, uh, you know, or the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary was done, if it was done properly. There were so many controversies. Well, Lucia, Sister Lucia, said yes, it was done correctly. It took, it took a while, but it was done, and that we should... Um, should do our part, you know, to do the five first Saturday. So, yes, she asked everyone back then, and some did it, but some, you know, got, you know, a little lazy or whatever. And a lot of people did not step up to the plate and did to do this. So we need to do this now. It's, you know, 100th anniversary. There's so many graces involved right now. And I really believe the Blessed Mother's counting on us to do our part. Now, the first Saturday devotions, you mentioned those. For anyone who might be new to Marian devotions, new to Catholicism, as I was, you know, a decade ago, what are First Saturday devotions? Why are they so necessary, and why did Mary call for them? Well, there are just um, four four parts to it. You know, the Blessed Mother asked that on every First Saturday, um, for five consecutive First Saturdays, to um, go to confession, and that could be within, I believe, eight days before or after, too, but to try to go to confession on the First Saturday to receive Holy Communion, to pray the rosary and to to take you know a, a good good 15 minutes or so of meditation on the blessed mother and to do that in reparation for the sins that have been committed against the immaculate heart of mary so you know it's a, a it's a commitment yes and you'll find things will get in the way um you know whenever we are called to do something special that that happens you know there is good and there is evil we have to acknowledge the fact that there is a devil, and he doesn't want us to do good, and he tries to get in the way. But God gives us, you know, many graces and many opportunities um, to do what we should do. So I don't think we should make excuses if we're not sick and or in a hospital bed or not, you know, uh, if if we're able to get to church, we should. We should go on the first Saturday and do these things and offer it in reparation because it's powerful. The Blessed Mother told the little shepherd children in the world how powerful it is, you know, to pray the rosary and to do the five first Saturdays. So she said so many things could be prevented too if we would if we would say these prayers, you know, the, the evil that spreads throughout the world. So why don't we do our part? Why don't we step up to the plate and, and make that commitment? And when things get in the way, you know, just don't worry just push through, pray for the graces, and do it. Don't, you know, make excuses. And also, she wants us to do more than just like one set of five first Saturdays. It's not a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Once-in-a-lifetime is nice if you do it, but why not continue? Why not continue for the people who really need those prayers, um, the souls in purgatory, the ones that the Blessed Mother said, um, there are so many souls that go to hell because there aren't people that will pray for them. And that's what really inspired the three little children to, 
you know, to pray hard for the, the people who were, you know, the sinners. And um, we're all sinners, yes, but there are sinners who, who choose not to believe or who choose to, you know, do wrong, and they need our prayers. So uh, the Blessed Mother is asking for us to pray the rosary and to do the five first Saturdays to help the people who are in danger of dying and going to hell and to make up for the offenses that have been committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Very wonderful. Now, you cover a lot of ground in your books, of course, and maybe you can't get into everything, but what are some examples of graces or maybe perhaps even miracles or just those everyday graces you see in your life that you've seen as a fruit of devotion to Our Lady of Fatima? Do you have particular examples you can give us today? Oh, yes, but I often don't share those types of things too much although I do weave a lot of stories yeah I do weave a lot of stories um, into my books and my talks because it's not to draw attention to me um, to say oh you know I did this or help this person and this is what happened but to, to give them you know that shot in the arm and to, to give them inspiration and encouragement to, to you know push beyond their comfort zone to to you know, talk to a stranger and to offer the, the, to talk about the faith and to you know even give them a rosary or a, a blessed miraculous medal. I have given many medals, uh, thousands upon thousands, all around the world, and I believe the Blessed Mother really wants that. She she um, she really works through her blessed medal and through her and through the rosary and the prayer of the rosary. So yes, I I have seen so many beautiful things um, that the Blessed Mother has done. And um, I'll just give one little example. I think it's a big example, actually, in my own life, um, of when I was on complete bed rest with my eighth pregnancy. It was my fifth living child because I had lost three babies to miscarriage earlier. And Mother Teresa was my friend. I knew her for about 10 years. I've written about her a lot and I talk about her a lot. Well, she was very, very devoted to the Blessed Mother and she gave out Blessed Miraculous Medals as well. And she was always praying the rosary. And she had a very special devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. But I actually didn't even know how, how much of a devotion she had to Our Lady of Fatima until I was writing this book, actually. I learned more about that. And I wrote about it in the book. I also wrote about how she was instrumental in getting a Blessed Miraculous Medal uh, into the Kremlin on the day of the consecration. So that's uh, that whole story is in that book. But what she did, um, she did so much in my own life. But during that pregnancy, she sent me a blessed miraculous medal. She had given me others, but she gave me a special one then. And she said, pray to the Blessed Mother, and she has helped so many others, and she will also help you. And she taught me a very simple prayer and it is Mary, mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. And you see, she was she taught very simply, you know, to the people she met. Um, so she could give them things to remember. Uh, like, you know, she would count down on her fingers, you did it to me, you know, talking about Jesus telling us whatever we do to the least of our brothers, we do to him. And so she would teach in simple ways, but to teach us that Mary is our mother. You know, and um, we might think of her as somebody who's very unreachable. I mean, after all, she is the mother of God and she's in heaven and she is amazing and she does all of this wonderful work. So how can we have anything to do with her or how can we call upon her? 
So Mother, teach, you know, Mother Teresa taught me to just call upon her, Mary, Mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. So that really stayed with me, and I prayed so much, you know, prayed the rosary and prayed that little prayer a lot during that pregnancy. And now, uh, 25 years later, Mary Catherine Anne, my daughter, you know, she she definitely survived that pregnancy, and she's um, going on 26 years old right now. So that was a miracle, and um, just a you know beautiful way to you know to reach out to our Blessed Mother and to ask her for graces and to ask her, you know, even to perform miracles if it's God's holy will. Now, it was God's will that Mary Catherine and I survived that pregnancy. So I'm, you know, extremely and deeply um, blessed and thankful for that and for Mother Teresa teaching me that little prayer. And, you know, and we know Jesus, when he was hanging from the cross, dying on the cross, how he gave us the gift of his mother, you know, here is your mother. And so we, you know, we should turn to her. We shouldn't be afraid to turn to the Blessed Mother. And she's such a comfort to us. You know, I love to write about her and talk about her and teach about her, especially to little kids, too, you know, to let them know, you know, if they're afraid or concerned about something, you know, hang on to your rosary beads and just, you know, that could be a comfort to them as well. It's a sacramental of our church, not just the prayer of the rosary, but even the actual beads, you know, when they're blessed. It's a, it's a very holy sacramental. So I like to teach the kids that. I've been a catechist for almost 30 years, and I love teaching teaching the kids and, you know, being a mother of five and a grandmother now, too. So, you know, the Blessed Mother can really help us so much, and she could be such a comfort to us. But she could also be a stern mother, you know, telling us through her apparitions and, you know, at Fatima, you know, you need to pray and pray for sinners and to, um, you know, because of all of the evil that that is in our world today, how it's gotten worse, we need to pray more, and especially the daily rosary. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, that's a big example, all right, of a miracle. <laughs> Love it. Now, moving on, uh, I didn't know anything of Fatima years ago when I became Catholic. Learned a lot through my grandmother, and through her, through the prayers of Fatima, I became Catholic in 2004, and I have a great devotion to Mary. Her image is all over my house. I pray the rosary as often as I can, but for those who are new, for those who are maybe just entering Catholicism or just learning about Fatima, what would you say to people who have a little bit of trouble or fear, trepidation in coming to Mary and offering up prayers to her? What would you say to those folks? Well, if they could feel scared because they've been told that, you know, that, that Catholics worship Mary, you know, we don't worship Mary, we honor her. She's the mother of God. She's, you know, who, who, um, other than Jesus, can we think of anybody, you know, who would love her more than Jesus? You know, that's his mother. And he even gave her to us, as I said, when he was hanging from the cross, you know, to let us know that this is your mother. And we have to remember that she, what did she tell, what did she tell um, the wine stewards, do whatever he tells you. And I believe those are words for all of us, not just for the wine stewards, you know, do whatever he tells you, do whatever my son tells you to do. So she's always directing us to her son. And so how could we go wrong? How could we go wrong with a mother of a mother who, you know, tells us, you know, don't, don't, um, don't worship me look to my son, do whatever he tells you. And she supports him all the way, you know, and she was with him all the way uh, 
she was there at the foot of the cross and she had his lifeless body in her arms while tears streamed down her face, you know, uh, after he was taken down from the cross. And she was with him all the way and she knew exactly how he suffered and died for us. And so she is someone that we can we can turn to and we can receive so much grace from. So I, I think we should never have a hesitation to turn to the Blessed Mother. How could it possibly hurt you to ask to, you know, our listeners out there, you know, just just call upon her and you'll see how your life will change or how your life will get better because she's going to be looking out after you. So I think, and she's such a protection to us. She's got the power. God gave her the power to crush the head of the serpent. So she is very powerful over evil. So I, I don't think we should ever hesitate to turn to Mother Mary. And if it's something wrong, Jesus will correct you, you know, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. Actually, I know it's never going to happen. He wants us to turn to his mother, Mary. Well, that might be one of the coolest things I've ever heard on this podcast. So thank you so much for sharing that, Donna Marie. Now, of course, there's John Paul II, which you talk about beautifully in your book. But I'm wondering, there's a miracle associated with John Paul II and Fatima. Can you give us a sneak peek at that? Obviously... All you who are listening, go pick up the book. It's worth to have and to hear this story. But Donna Marie, could you tell us a little bit about John Paul II and the miracle of Fatima? Wow. Well, I hope they get a chance to read my book because I really talk a lot about Yeah, thank you. I talk a lot about it in there. And it, um, it would be hard to summarize in a few minutes, but just some highlights. Well, he, um, oh, he was so much a part of the Fatima story. And he didn't even realize it until he saw himself in the story when, okay, so he was shot, uh, as we know, um, by a would-be assassin, you know, you know the, the person who was a trained killer, um, tried to, to kill St. John Paul II when he was coming through St. Peter's Square, and, um, but the bullet bullets did not kill him and um but they should have as a matter of fact when he met the the assassin would be assassin later to to talk with him um and let him know that he was you know he forgave him the assassin one of the first things he said was why aren't you dead and so saint john paul ii firmly believed that the blessed mother saved him the Blessed Mother guided that bullet that was meant to kill him. And in the third secret of Sat of excuse me, the third secret of Fatima, for some reason that was a tongue twister. Um, you know, the uh I don't have it like I'd have to open my book and find the exact words that the children um the children saw this vision of um how the bishop dressed in white, you know, was uh, arrows were shot at him and gunfire and, and he died in the this vision they had in the third secret of, Sa- of Fatima which is what the Blessed Mother told the children she told them three secrets and one of them was not to be revealed until a, when it was the right timing and so the bishop dressed in white was symbolic of St. John Paul II which you know the vicar of Christ on earth the Pope is the bishop of Rome and anyway when he was shot when he was recuperating, he, he, um, one of his, his first thoughts was of Fatima when he was coming out of, you know, coming back to consciousness and, 
and he wanted, so he started to read immediately Sister Lucia's memoirs, and he wanted to then read the secrets, the third secret, and he, he called, called for it um, to be delivered to him, and he read it, and he knew, by the grace of God, he knew immediately that he was part of that whole vision, that whole secret, and so I hope I'm telling this clearly. It's just an amazing, it's amazing. And then he, with the Pope, who ended up consecrating the world, you know, in Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, properly with the bishops, uni united with the bishops. And so there's a lot to it, um, his connection with Fatima. There's a lot to it. And, and it's just pretty amazing. I know I'm, I'm not giving, doing it justice at all. Um, in my telling of it right now, but I hope that it just it might have piqued someone's interest and they might want to read more about it and learn more about it because it's quite it's quite amazing how God works and how the Blessed Mother, you know, she was there to protect him and you know he could have died instantly, but he had to go on and live and and do a lot more for the world and for the church, and now he's you know proclaimed a saint by our church and. You know, lots of inter I'm sure he's doing so much intercession in heaven for all of us. And he, I consider him to be a hero. Um, he, you know, taught us so much. I, I quote him in all of my books. You know, he was a hero to women, and and he even he even blessed my work on Mother Teresa, which I can't believe it still hasn't sunk in all the way. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's just a little bit about Saint John Paul II's. Uh, Excellent summary of John Paul II, the great saint, and Fatima. And I just want to say that St. John Paul II Fatima is one of the most fascinating things. If you've never heard about it, all you great listeners, pick up Donna Marie's book. You should read it. It's a wonderful account, and really, it seems so unreal, but it actually happened. And it's worth remembering and recounting again. And Donna Maria, you do such a fantastic job of covering that in your book, I recall. Thank you for saying that. And you know, in um, if they want to get a free excerpt, uh, Franciscan Media just put part of my book. Uh, I have it on my website too. There's a link to reading about the third secret, and it has a couple of nice, a few nice photographs too. Sister Lucia has Saint John Paul II has a, a picture of him uh, getting shot actually, or just after he was shot. And so that's a good way for listeners to um, learn that part of the story. It's it's out there on the internet right now. So it's, they can find it easily by going to my website. Excellent. And of course, there's going to be some excerpts on GatherExchange.com of Donna Marie's other books. So you listeners, go ahead and check them out. Now, Donna Marie, this is probably the most difficult question I'm going to ask you this whole podcast, but what would you say is the central message of Our Lady of Fatima and her vision to the three shepherd children? Okay, so that, you know, it is kind of a tough question, but her central message, well, she always points us to Jesus, you know, and so the Eucharist was a lot um, of the Fatima message of, through the angel of peace um, visits to the children. You know, they, the angel taught them prayers, and also it was very Eucharistic because the Eucharist was, you know, in that one of the visits. And um, so another real important part of her messages were was um why well, I, I like to say prayer penance and reparation and sacrifice see she calls us to a deep conversion of heart 
and it's very linked to the Eucharist, adoration, um, receiving our Lord, confession, you know, in her five first Saturdays, you know, to con- be converted, to to receive our Lord, to adore our Lord, but also to make reparation, to to do penances. And who are we doing this for? Sinners. So in other words, that might make people think like, well, why should I bother, you know, wasting my time and my reparation and my penances on sinners? They're choosing to do the sins and to, be, and to do this kind of life. I'm trying to be a saint. I, I You know, how does that work? Well, well, you know, that's the way our lives are to be. We're called to serve. We're called to serve. We're called to service. Look at our Lord. He said <laughs> he came to serve, and so did the Blessed Mother. We're all called to serve. And so, you know, the the high reward is going to be in heaven one day. And we shouldn't even be thinking of it that way, like, oh, I'll get my crown in heaven or I'll have lots of jewels in my crown in heaven if I do all these good things. It's because we love our Lord and we love our Lady and we want to be you know, in complete happiness with them forever in eternal life. And but we but God gives us a deep desire in our hearts, and Blessed Mother can really help us with this, to have a deep desire to help others, to help them get to heaven. So that we don't just get there by the skin of our teeth one day, you know, like we finally made it. We got through purgatory on earth, you know, it was hard and we kept offering and we kept praying and we got there. But we don't we don't want to do that. We don't want to just get to heaven by the skin of our teeth. We want to, by the grace of God, bring countless souls with us because of our lives of love, by allowing our Lord to love through us. And the Blessed Mother really guides us in this way, and she guides us closer and closer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And, you know, through her Immaculate Heart, through praying to her and asking for her help and her intercession, you know, she, she teaches us prayer, you know, deeper prayer, penance, to offer penances for, for whatever the need is that our Lord is, is working, you know, in someone's life, in the lives of our family, our neighbors, our communities, and to make reparation, to offer things, little sacrifices. It could be something very small, it could be giving up something you enjoy to, to um, even more, you know, serious kind of uh, reparation, you know, just, or bigger types of reparation. But you know, little things done with great love, as Mother Teresa would say, really are huge in God's eyes. So to just pray for a, a more penitential heart and to, you know, know that that's what our Lord is calling us to. to you know, there's not that much time. Um, I sound a little gloom and doom when I say that, but we really don't have a lot of time when you think about it uh, on earth. It, you know, when you're a little kid, it looks like forever and ever and summers are never ending and it's just so long, you know, long um, and everything. But as you get a little older, you realize how, how life speeds by. So why don't we make it count? Why don't we really make it count by desiring to help others and to pray for sinners and to be like those three little children who put us to shame with their commitment to to doing everything they possibly could to get others to heaven. Even in their hospital beds, they they just gave everything they could, and they little Jacinta even asked that she stay longer and suffer more so that more souls could be saved. Because she was given a choice by the Blessed Mother to, she could have died, you know, right away at that time when she was very sick with tuberculosis and and pleurisy and everything that she was that she had influenza, 
But she said, no, I'll stay longer and help other souls to get to heaven. And that was a little, sweet little girl, Jacinta. And why, you know, God calls us too to have the heart of a child and to, to offer our lives. And so much could happen, you know, for the good if we can just surrender our hearts to God. Wonderful, Donna Marie. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, that was a nice summation. I know that was quite a question to ask you. Now, you also lead pilgrimages to Fatima, which I would love to go, but for anyone listening, why should they go on a pilgrimage to Fatima? Why should they go and see this holy site? Well, you know, my pilgrimage that I'm leading this September with Father Andrew Apostoli is to Fatima and Poland, and um, it'll be the first time that I actually go to Fatima. So I'm real excited about the possibility you know, Lord, of course, I'm, you know, I'm planning to go, I say possibility, but I meant, you know, uh, the possibility or the, the opportunity is what I meant to say of all of the grace that I might experience while I'm there, or just to be able to lead others and, and let them experience that as well. But I also think that, you know, you can, um, not everybody can go on a pilgrimage. So, you know, I wrote this book in a way to you know, so that the people reading it could apply the messages of Our Lady of Fatima to their own lives and to their own hearts. That's after each chapter I talk about, you know, some things they could reflect upon and how they could apply the messages. So I wanted it to be like an armchair pilgrimage, just this book. So some people are called, you know, to to take a, a pilgrimage. Sometimes it's a once-in-a-lifetime event, and um, it, there are so many graces attached to making a pilgrimage, you know, to go to a holy place and to pray for the graces while you're there. And even on the way there, that's a big part of the pilgrimage, traveling there. So, and being with the, the fellow pilgrims. So it's a beautiful um, tradition in our church, you know, to, to pilgrimage to some holy place. And I think during this 100th anniversary year, it's a perfect time to pilgrimage to Fatima if you if you're able to you know it is expensive to take a pilgrimage but when you think about you know what it could mean to your life or the life of someone else if 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 it's a possibility you know then I'd say try to go for it and pray pray about it and, and see if you could do it but it's a perfect time during this anniversary year because I believe that the Blessed Mother is pouring down graces during this year because it's such a, it's such a special year Sounds great, Donna. Now, Donna Marie, if people want to learn more about you, maybe pick up your books or just read your other writing, which I highly recommend, where can people go on the web to learn about you and your pilgrimages, your books, your talks? Well, well thank you for asking. They could um, go to my dub, um, they can go to my website, which is www.donnacooperoboyle.com. Or if they want to go to Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, that, that'll work too. It's a long name, but I think you'll find it. Um, so I have the book there and lots of information and the pilgrimage information. Um, they can go to Franciscan Media, look there. They can go to Amazon or their local heroic Catholic bookstore. Hopefully they can support the, the bookstore, um, you know, if they have one in their area as well. So, I'm, you know, I hope visitors will come to my website because I like to put a lot of inspiration on there and a lot of encouragement in my blogs and things like that. Donna Marie, well, thank you so much for that. I encourage all of you who are listening, take a visit at our website. We'll have links for that at catholicexchange.com as well as links to her books and a few of her talks, but well worth it. 
Donna Rio, I want to take a moment to really thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, some of your stories, and I know our readers are going to very much enjoy hearing about you. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. It's been such a blessing to be with you today. And that, my dear listeners, was Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. She's a Catholic wife, mother of five, grandmother, as I said, just a fantastic woman who writes a lot, goes on many public speaking events, has been on EWTN. You can find her on Catholic Mom, Catholic Exchange, or through her own website, DonnaMarieCooper.com. And we're going to go ahead and put a link to that, as well as links to her books. You can get excerpts from her delightful little books, as well as links to a few other excerpts that Franciscan Media has made available. If you have any questions at all, I'm here for you, editor at CatholicExchange.com. That's editor at CatholicExchange.com. Otherwise, pray for us. Keep us in your prayers. If you have a few dollars to spare, please go to CatholicExchange.com. Hit the donate button. Even $5 a month helps us out immensely. I thank you all. It's a blessing to be back here with you. If you have questions, again, editor at CatholicExchange.com. Otherwise, this is your faithful editor and host, Michael Lichens. God love you. Have a blessed week.